We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It is Friday, May 24th, 2021. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen and making his uh, long awaited, highly anticipated return is Ken K. Tankites. All aboard! Welcome. Uh, it's been a less eventful two weeks without you. Uh, you guys didn't blow the horn without me. You didn't have, uh, someone else do an old man rant. There wasn't some other wacky, uh, wackiness from you two. You didn't up the wackiness in my absence. I did not commission a custom handmade woodworked with train whistle, uh, to, to use uh, for the intro of the podcast. Yeah. Mm. I mean, usually anything that involves whack woodwork hand i do in the private of my own home <laughs> that's not true we've seen the videos <laughs> the security cam <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna move on from that i think uh i think we should talk some basketball so yesterday i guess speaking of the wizards spanked the pacers 142 uh, <laughs> wizards now have the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the game was pretty much over at halftime. Uh, Pacers still without Lavert, without Turner. Uh, Sabonis and Brogdon were questionable, but I don't think they were actually questionable. Uh, so, yeah, they were down 14 and a half, and then Indiana gave up a 48-point third quarter, which was kind of a laydown. The Rotowire favorite, Daniel Gafford, with 15 points, 13 rebounds, five blocks. Your guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gafford is a really high energy guy, kind of in the mold of like a he, he's in the mold of a Tyson Chandler. Obviously, we shouldn't expect that from him, but he's that type of player. He looks like he uh, has room to actually add some a little muscle in the offseason. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a thin guy. I think he can fill out more. Um, but Nate McMillan can. He's he's looking good. Nate McMillan, you think uh, the Pacers wouldn't? Uh, you think they regret firing Nate McMillan last year? He's looking pretty good right now. Atlanta's the fifth seed. And Indiana's deciding whether or not to keep Nate Bjorgren after Bjorgren feuded with players most of the season. Uh, Bjorken, 
I think in a shameless effort to try to keep his job, uh, came out with this quote. There's a lot of challenges being a head coach in this league. I don't make excuses for things. I'm a young coach. I'm learning. I'm growing. And I've got to coach better. This is on me. I'm the head coach. Things should be pointed at me and rest on my shoulders. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, do the Pacers keep Bjorkren or blame injuries for this poor season? He gone. <laughs> I mean, I have. Did you hear get... mic'd up last night? Wasn't it just shameless? I was like, you can see the players not listening to him. They're just like, like Sabonis. Okay. Like, I remember Sabonis got his like third or fourth foul and he runs over. It's like, I'm not taking you out, but you can't foul anymore. And Sabonis is like, I'm not an idiot. You know, like, I can count to four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, given all the reports, everything that's, you know, surfaced in recent weeks, it would be a huge surprise in my eyes, if he returned. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think I think injuries were a part of it. Although, I mean, what team this season didn't deal with, like, excessive injuries and excessive yeah. missed games? They still got, you know, they still got 62 games out of Sabonis. Uh, they got 56 games out of Brogdon. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, missing I mean, losing record. For the them. play-in kind of sugarcoats how bad the season went for them. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. it was a it was a transitionary season for the Pacers anyways. I mean, you had Oladipo and his expiring contract, which they ended up moving them. You know, they landed Levert. Now you've kind of got your three or four core guys that you're building around moving forward. You got Turner and Sabonis, Brogdon, Levert, obviously. Um, you know, other good pieces like TJ Warren as well. Uh, my, you know, my guess is they're just going to try to find a better fit coaching wise because they have the personnel that they want they only got four games out of warren but uh yeah i you know if you're kevin pritchard you almost go to that core you're married to those guys you almost say you want to change and i get the feeling they're gonna say yes we do yeah because i mean you look at i mean the wizards having a better record than them the wizards core is not better than the pacers core i mean sabonis and brogdon is just as good should be just as good as uh, Westbrook and Beal. No, yeah, we, well, <laughs> no it's not just as good or better than Westbrook and Beal. The no, depth I mean, that the Pacers have, yeah. Right, that's what I mean. Right. When, you have, when you have Brogdon and Sabonis plus right. the depth, yeah, that, there's no reason that should be better than the Wizards who are starting, you know, like who can't get like good minutes out of Bertans, who are starting like uh, Isaac Bonga. For Alex Len. Alex Len. Yeah, the yeah, center rotation was... I, I mean, right. we, I think we would have seen a much different game uh, if Levert were healthy, if Turner were healthy, you know, if the Pacers in general had they a healthier cared. season. Yeah, I mean, if they had a healthier season, then there is a good chance that they would have, you know, they, they wouldn't have been in the playing situation. So yeah. I really wonder how many of those Pacers even wanted to move on and face the Sixers for, for a, what would have been an ugly beat down. I think some yeah. of them had on fit. Look in their eyes. <laughs> so, so from from a fancy perspective, though, I do think, you know, we already talked about Gafford a little bit, but I think he's the guy that's really interesting from last night's playing game. You know, 15-13, five block shots, a steal, only 22 minutes. Um, next year, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm assuming he's going to be ready at the beginning of the season, but Thomas Bryant's probably going to be coming back for the Wizards. But, you know, I don't think they're married to Bryant starting either when he comes probably back. Not, probably not. Probably not. But, you know, that if you're if you have some shares of Gafford in a keeper league, you know, I'm assuming it's very cheaply that you have him and can keep him. You know, is you know, are you are you high on him long term? Do you think he's going to be able to blossom into more, uh, you know, show what we saw last night from him? He's only 22, as you guys love to point out. So there's plenty of room for upside on a team horribly thin at the five. Yeah, yeah. I would assume they dump Lennon. Lopez whenever they can. Um, at least you would think. He's got two more years on his deal, too. On his very cheap deal. Four years, six million he signed summer of 2019. So uh boy, you can you can spend elsewhere when you got a starting center at that that's also productive. Yeah, Thomas well, Bryant's Thomas Thomas Bryant signed through uh the end next year. Next season's his last year. Uh, Robin Lopez coming off the books this year. Um, yeah, I mean, G- Gafford's cheap next couple of years. It's just. Part I, of the, I, I mean, 
Part do they want code. Lopez back? I can't imagine. I, they, that that was hard to watch. Those hook shots, effective, but really hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, Alex Lamb's a free agent after this season as well. So there is a, I, I do think there's going to be opportunity for Gafford. You know, we saw what he could do in 22 minutes. So even even if he's only in a in a backup role where he's playing 22 to 25 minutes, he could provide solid fantasy value next season. Yeah, I think, I mean, for the Wizards, their finances are kind of out of control, which yeah, is part of the problem. Like Gafford's yeah. cheap and Thomas Bryant's cheap, but Westbrook's 44 million, Beal's 34, Bertans is 16. Like, there's really not even much you can do after that. Um, <laughs> I can't stop. Every time the Bertans contract is mentioned, I just. <laughs> 80 million, eight zero million for Bertans. It's kind I'm of unbelievable. my kid's finger off. He yeah. played. He played. <laughs> he played twenty minutes and made two threes yesterday, and was awful in the first playing game as well against uh, Boston. Don't forget the terrible defense. <laughs> yeah, he can't play defense. So it's like, what are like, what are we doing? Like, if you want to sign him sixteen million for like two years, three years, fine. Five right. years. Um, anyway, do you guys have any quick thoughts on Washington versus Philadelphia round one? Are you expecting maybe a five game series? I'm putting about a zero percent chance on an upset here, but um, five games would be honestly best case scenario for Washington <laughs> here. I disagree. I, I actually think Beal and Westbrook can push the Sixers a little bit, possibly to six games. Um, I do think Embiid's just going to feast on the Wizards. Exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's obvious. Um, I'm just not as high. Like I know the Sixers are number one seed in the East. Um, I expect them to, you know pretty easily advanced to the conference finals, giving their path. But at the same time, I don't think they have enough to win the conference finals or win the, you know, win an NBA championship. I, I don't think they're really even close to that. I think they're going to spank Washington. I don't, for the Embiid reasons, and they'll play enough D on Beal and Westbrook. They I don't need expect, to guard all of them. I just expect, <laughs> right, right. I just expect Beal and Westbrook to steal, you know, one game each. Um, so that's why I'm putting it, I would put it at six games. Yeah, I think so right now the series line for 76ers wizards is not up, but the biggest underdog that we have right now is the Celtics at plus 700 against the nets who are minus 1430 to win the series. I would expect kind of the wizards odds to be between that and the odds for like the Mavericks who are plus 300. So I, I think if the Wizards settle in at like plus 500, um, that seems about right. Not something I would bet. Again, like uh, you guys alluded to, this might be a series where if you're betting, you either go on a game-to-game basis or you just keep hitting Joel Embiid overs on his points and rebounds until he doesn't hit, you know? Uh, until it goes triple digit. What? <laughs> yeah. 100. 100 <laughs> points and rebounds. That doesn't seem right. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's move on, Ken, to, uh, Warriors versus Grizzlies rematch. Yes. Tonight, Memphis plays at Golden State for the eighth spot out West. Warriors are favored by five at home. Kelly Oubre is out still with a wrist injury. He hasn't played since April 27th. Valanchunas has had six straight big double doubles including a 23.23 rebound effort in that win over the Spurs in the first play-in. Curry appeared in only one game versus Memphis, the game Alex alluded to that ended the season, where he went off for 46 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, and nine three-pointers. It's only five days ago and earned Curry the scoring title for the year. Gentlemen, who you got? In tonight's play-in game, Warriors-Grizzlies. I got the Warriors, um, but I'm not, it's not a lock. This isn't something I don't think I would, I don't think I would bet on this. The Grizzlies played the Warriors well, obviously. That game ended pretty close. It kind of came down to Dylan Brooks fouling out. He was playing very good defense on Steph Curry, or at least bothering him for most of they, the game. They have, they have a team that could slow Curry down. At least they, they have the possibility. They have defensive guards. Whether it happens or not, we'll see. 
Yeah, and I think Valanciunas will have another big game. I'm not worried about that. I mean, they can't stop him. I mean, Valanciunas is unbelievable uh, Old the past two games. It's it, it's amazing to watch. It's frustrating that they only run him out there for the 28 minutes per game during the regular season, um, which I believe was actually a career high for him. Uh, when you see what he does, you know, the, the past couple games playing 35 or so minutes, uh, and he's just like a walking 2020. Uh, it's It's absurd. Um, he's always had this in him. His per 36 numbers have been insane um, for most of his career. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I expect Valanciunas to have a monster night, but Golden State's going to win. I'm curious to see what Jaron Jackson has. Not that many games in the regular season. Uh, they gave him a lot of off nights. Yeah, he, like the Grizzlies are due some better Jackson. I agree. You know, he's been out there a, a decent amount of minutes. I forget exactly. It's somewhere in like the twenties. He's not, they're not, you know, they're not running him. He, he's 30. He's up. Yeah. He's 31. up to 30, 31, 31 last, last two, games. two games. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like I've, you know, he's collected four steals and three blocks during that time. So you have him out there for defense, but in offense, it feels like you don't even know he's out there unless he's just bombing his like awkward looking three pointer. That looks like something you'd see at like a, you know, like a, a local pickup game. I cannot believe it goes in every like sometimes like I kind of forgot that he was out there for a bit initially because he's been out for so long. And when he took his first three, I was like, who who is that? What just happened? And then I remember that his form is insane, but he's good. He's good. Are you uh, as high? Are you still high on Jaron Jackson? He's like a one of a fantasy darling, right? Everyone. Yeah. I feel like everyone in the fantasy, every fantasy pundit loves Jaron Jackson. Are you still as high on him long-term, you know, as a keepable asset in fantasy? The world is coming back, and the NFL season is nearly upon us, just a few short months away. I don't know about you, but I am pumped for the regular season to finally arrive. We had the draft in April, the schedule release in May. If you're like me, and you're looking to see the action live, then head on over to Vivid Seats, the ultimate go-to source for live events. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and comedy shows, Vivid Seats makes it easy for you to discover your favorite event, find your seat, gain entry, and make new memories. All you have to do is download the app, choose your city, and gain access to the largest selection of tickets on the games and performances you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, and many more. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners 10% off your ticket. That's up to $30 max. All you have to do is use the promo code ROTOWIRE, that's R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, when you check out. Every purchase is backed by its 100% buyer guarantee, and you'll even earn cash back with the Vivid Seats rewards program. Vivid Seats, getting you into the game. I think so. I mean, his numbers this season have been on par with his numbers last season, and pretty much so as a rookie. I think expecting him to become a rebounder is kind of far-fetched. Um, it seems like they, they like him at the four. So you kind of have to think of him as like a, like a big four. Um, and, you know, blocking shots isn't easy when you're usually guarding perimeter players. But even if he spends, you know, 15% of his minutes at the five, he'll get blocks. And he's, I mean, he's getting blocks right now. He's getting blocks and steals right now. He's a great defensive player. So I, w- I'm, I'm I would, I'm, I'm going to dump him before his next knee injury. He's, I think I feel like he's gonna. He's a medic unit. He's a he's a mash mash unit. You know, Grizzlies uniform. But yeah, I'm negative no. that way. I, I mean, there's certainly concerns there. He's got massive upside, obviously, primarily because of his defensive abilities. You know, per 36 uh, this season, which is only 11 games, 2.5 blocks, 1.7 steals per again per 36. The rest of those per 36 numbers, 22 points. 8.7 rebounds, uh, 2.4 pointers. Now, the rebound jump is nice to see. That's uh, his per 36 rebound numbers last season were 5.8. Um, so that's definitely an area where he needs to improve to really live up to his fantasy ceiling. Uh, and then the the shooting percentage is certainly a concern. 47% last year, 42.5% this year. Uh, yeah, for a guess, four. For a four. For a big man, yeah. I mean, a seven footer. Um, it's just, it's it's somewhat troubling to see that he is shooting a career high eighty three percent from the line this year, uh, which is certainly encouraging. Um, 
I like him a lot. You know, I, I just, I do think he's slightly overhyped in fantasy circles um, because of the concerns, but, but he's, he's the type of talent and given that he'll only be, he'll turn 22 just before the season starts next year. You know, I mean, his upside is top, you know, top 10 fantasy value. So it just, it just depends if he can get there or not. He's he's a three and D big. He he kind of feels like if Brooke Lopez had started his career playing like he does now, you know, just threes, just blocking shots, playing defense. It kind of seems like that might have been what his career ended up. Like. Yeah, my, yeah. Brooke, Brooke Lopez, somewhat good comp. Uh, Miles Turner is another one. Like I, I wonder if you know a couple of years from now we'll be viewing him as like oh he's just like Miles Turner, never lived up to the actual ceiling. Um, I think he's a better scorer than miles turner um but you know similar similar type of defensive upside okay uh let's move on to our rotowire fantasy postseason draft uh shannon ken me and four others participated in that yesterday um and we are going to kind of run through uh what that was all about ken you set this up I don't know how many years you've set this up in a row, at least three. We are uh, blessed to have the good people at Fantasy Postseason as a corporate uh, partner with Rotowire. Yeah, and uh, as part of that deal, we uh, keep leagues going with them. And they're set up for just postseason fantasy. Uh, so shout out to the people at fantasypostseason.com. Yeah, they host our league. Let's open that league now. And uh, we went uh, snake with third round reversal draft. Uh, Alex, I believe of the three of us, you had, let me scroll to our notes here. You had the first pick at four. I then followed at five and Shannon was at seventh out of eight teams. If you're interested in starting one of these, it's really hard to go past eight or nine squads. Uh, I not sure how you guys feel about that, but that's kind of my take on things. You can, if you have a lot of friends, you can on fantasy postseason have multiple owners for players. So you can say like, Steph Curry can be on two teams or three teams. Um, but uh, fun to keep the fantasy good times rolling through the postseason. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, Alex, why don't you start? What was your strategy going in? I should say we didn't know our draft picks until 10 minutes before the uh, the thing starts. So you don't know if you're picking soon or late. Yeah, and we also didn't know the playing results of uh... – Indiana versus Washington. Personally, that did not affect my draft. I did not <laughs> I did even not. <laughs> did not consider it at all, uh, which kind of, I guess, is uh, in line with my strategy where I really only wanted to get players from teams that I felt like had a legitimate chance to go to the conference finals. Um, and that start, I mean, it started off well because I got Joel Embiid with the fourth pick, which I was honestly shocked by considering I think Me too. we talked yeah. about on this podcast, or at least Shannon and I talked about on this podcast, how the 76ers probably have the, I mean, have the easiest path to the conference finals of any team in either conference. I was um, surprised. Uh, I was surprised Allen took Kawhi Leonard, who I, the Clippers much harder path b- before you took Embiid with a three spot. That shocked me. Uh, it's a more difficult path, but I do think people are kind of sleeping on the Clippers right now. I mean, it's just, there's zero buzz about them. You know, I mean, obviously after falling, uh, their expectations were so high last year. They failed on such a big level. They looked bad against Dallas in the first round. They get them again. Um, I, I can understand the pick. But, yeah, I, I was happy to get him beat. And from there, like I said. Four games it, against Washington might win it for you. <laughs> there is a strong chance that if I had the number one overall pick, I would have picked Embiid. You know, I really I really think I think it was him or LeBron would probably have been my top two uh, picks, but that's the LeBron pick is more just about the fact that he's LeBron and all he does is make the finals. Uh, but I mean, if you do look at the fact that they're coming out of the seventh seed, it's tough to justify picking LeBron that's that early, uh, other than the fact that he's LeBron. But so Embiid probably would have been my number one overall pick if I if I selected there. Yeah, I think, um, like it, like you mentioned, I mean the Lakers are going to have to go through Phoenix in the first round, and then they get the winner of Denver versus Portland, um, and then they're going to have to deal with you know whoever comes out of the the other side of the bracket between Utah, 
Clippers, Dallas. I mean, it's like you mentioned, it's brutal. You could just it, say the, you could say the Clippers. It's fine. Yeah, it's the Clippers. So. Um, Ken, did anything happen mid draft um, to make you kind of change a strategy you had going in? Someone get a few guys get taken ahead of you. Well, like well, I want to stack teams, and if you're not picking top four or at the turn. You got to be willing to change your teams on a whim based on who you think right. you can get. I had the fifth pick and none of the nets had been picked yet. And my hope had been, okay, I take Harden and boy, I really hope eh, Durant's unlikely, but maybe Kyrie can fall to me. And, uh, but then shoe took right after I took Harden, shoe took Durant and I realized, oh, I'm the snake. He's going to pick ahead of me and shoot. He'll get Kyrie. So now I got to figure out, all right, who else can I, what team can I stack? And the year I won this was when I had Durant on the Warriors in the first round, but then couldn't get any other Warriors. So I had to stack a different team and win Celtics. So this year, my uh, easy to stack team, a number one seed. I know people are blowing them off, but they are a number one seed. So I stacked the Jazz. I got, I went uh, Gobert second round. I was able to get Donovan Mitchell, who obviously we hope he's healthy. Uh, third round, and then Mike Conley third, or sorry, fourth round. So I'm all in on the Jazz, and uh, uh, I'm hoping to have the same magic I had with Durant and Celtics. We'll see. Remember, remember when the the Hawks were the number one seed? Um, yes, that's, and they had five yeah. All Stars. You had Coach yeah. Bud there, yeah. That's that's like what I envisioned from Utah this year. Um, I, I do think it's smart stack given what you were working with and who you had. I mean, you know, Ken, you joked, you and I were discussing the draft yesterday and you joked that, you know, the, the real reason why anyone's strategy changes from what they had going in is because of the players who were selected right before their pick. Like you have to, you have to call an audible almost every single time, you know, right. I, I and went, everybody wants a team they think's making the finals, you know? So it's not like, yeah, no, sorry, Alec, but it's not like, you know, that's no, that's what everybody's doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I went with Giannis. He dropped to seven, which I, I, I think that's a considerable drop for him. I, I'm picking Milwaukee to beat the Nets in round two. Um, and actually, you know, if they get past the Nets, I think they get past Sixers and, and advance to the finals. Um, so I loved landing Giannis there. I can't um, believe you got Middleton in the third round. Well, yeah, everyone's that, worried about stacking at that point, so he well, fell to you. Well, and with my with my second pick, I was really targeting Anthony Davis um, because I felt like he should have been a first round pick, and he dropped to that first pick in the second round, so he went the pick before me. Um, so default, I was stuck with you know, do I go? I Kyrie Irving was there. I could go with one of the Sixers, like Ben Simmons. Um, I, I could have gone with another buck, but I felt like both Drew Holiday and Middleton were reaches at that point. Uh, so I went with Paul George and, you know, that meant I missed out on Holiday on my next pick, but I was lucky enough, like you said, Ken, Middleton was still around. Yeah. What's the Mike Tyson quote? Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yep. <laughs> That's like, oh, I'm going to take this guy at six. Oh, he's not there. Okay. Well, <laughs> got to move. But yeah, I like your squad. Uh, Alex, so, you know, on the snake and then reverse, you're on the, uh, the the back half on second and third round. Things worked out well for you in the second round, I'd say, though. Yeah. Um, I ended up with some, for some reason, I cannot pull this up. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to look at who I got. Can you tell me who ben, I got? In the so second? you got Ben Simmons second Thank round, you. stacking the Sixers. Yeah, I mean that's you know, what you wanted, right? That's what I you mean, want. Yeah, that yeah. strategy okay. check. I got you know, it. Now. You, you uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was happy to get Simmons. Um, you know, two from players there, on a number one seed. Yeah, from there, I did not stack as much as I had hoped. Um, I kept getting my picks sniped, uh, Mike Conley especially, uh, and so I kind of ended up with a grab bag of other. Teams that I felt like could go to the conference finals, right? I got Schroeder, Ingles, Ibaka, Griffin, Dante DiVincenzo. You win. You ignored regular season stats, and you were just like, give me players yep. on these teams. Joe Ingles playing in khakis. 
No problem. Get him on my team. So, hundred percent. This draft was Wednesday morning, so we didn't know the result from the Golden State Lakers game either. Like, we, you know, we didn't know last night's results for Indiana and oh, Washington. Uh, weren't we, we all picking Lakers? Uh, I mean, it was one game, and you have Steph Curry. Anyone can win that. If if Steph Curry's on the other side, it, it's a toss up. Uh, and we saw. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All that, right? I mean, it came down to the last shot or one of the, one of the last shots. Uh, you know, it, it's it was tough with that in mind. I mean, I just avoided anyone. I mean, one, I, I try to avoid anyone who was in the, those playing scenarios. I mean, obviously, we knew uh, the Lakers were going to get in eventually. You know, whether it's beating Golden State or beating Memphis tonight, um, the Lakers were going to get in. Um, but I, I avoided all those playing teams. Did you guys take a similar approach? For the most part, I did. Um, if I could you get know, Lakers, I, I'd take Lakers, but they didn't They didn't work out. I mean, you got Schroeder. Yeah, I, I grabbed Schroeder. I, I felt confident enough in the Lakers to win one of the two games. Now, it kind of would have screwed me if I had, you know, if, if they had fallen to eighth and then they played Utah and I would have either and lost Ingles or Schroeder in the first right. round. Yeah, and then the Clippers. Yeah, no, that, that's where I was concerned about the Lakers is just if they – if they lost that game and had to do Utah Clippers in round one and round two, uh, that would be more, more worrisome for me. Um, you know, I, I will say after, after seeing Washington advance, I feel like Beal and Westbrook are massive discounts now, even, even though they're, you know, they're probably going to play like five games. Well, that's where the uh, you get one free agent rule kicks in, and that's sure. another setting you can set on fantasy postseason. I think the default is one or two. I can't remember, but we've had one for so many years. Yeah, if you had two free agent pickups, I was feeling the same way about Kemba Walker. Um, if you had two free agent pickups, a Beal, a Walker, a Westbrook, make a lot of sense, and then you're just like, well, I'll just replace them with the best free agent after round one. So this, and this is what I'm going to tell you. This is what you don't want to do. If you're drafting a fantasy playoff team today, tomorrow morning, you don't want to do this. You don't want to pick Luca, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, and Russell Westbrook all on your same team. <laughs> like you will see those names. And Maybe a great amazing, regular season play. Right. It's amazing. You have all those great superstars on your team. But they're all, all four of those guys are losing in the first round. And we only have one pickup. You have one pickup. And even if, even if you had four pickups, you're replacing them with George Hill or whoever right. for the next, the next two or three rounds. Right. Part, so, of, part of the one pickup thing, too, is somebody's hot in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, am I wasting it now or do I hold off? When I might need to replace three bodies after, you know, if I make right. it, to, if I'm still in play at the finals. Well, I, I do think I splitting, you know, spreading out the the risk and having players from multiple teams like that can be okay, but it all depends on your settings. Uh, you know, if you only have one pickup for the entire playoffs, you don't want four or five on a nine nine player roster. You don't want five players that are all going to exit in the first round. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're kind of. <laughs> Banking on the major, like two major upsets in the NBA is not ideal. I mean, the vast majority of the time, what's expected to happen happens. Last year was an anomaly with Miami. 
but that's just kind of the nature of a seventy or a seven game series uh, for a for a season that's eighty two games, right? I mean, it's pretty yeah. Yeah. proportional. I mean, usually uh, you mentioned Luca. That, that was Mavs to me were the one team I was just not touching. I was like, they were the team that I'm like, I do not see how they get past the Clippers. They only get past them if there's an injury. Like if right. Paul George or Kawhi get hurt, that's the only way I see them getting past them. So, Correct. Yeah, that that was my view as well. Plus, Porzingis could fold like a chair in any moment as well. Too, he's got like one knee left. Yeah, he's got the bad knee. I think the Clippers got better. There, there's there. I think there's a lot of reasons to to take the Clippers, which is reflecting the odds. I mean, Clippers are minus four hundred as favorites. I actually would still take that probably. Um, yeah. Uh, Ken, let's move on to our fan feedback section. Ah, uh, yes. So shout out to super fan Milan Stoopjanin. Hope I'm not mispronouncing that too badly. Uh, who commented with some fantasy postseason advice. A good segue to the segment we just had. <laughs> uh, Milan <laughs> said on our last episode on YouTube, Blake Griffin will be the sleeper pickup. Nets might win the championship without a game dropped, though that means you might get more games played from Philly or Bucks players. West is wild. I definitely go with Nets plus one of Bucks or 76ers in my draft. Milan, thank you for that advice and good luck with your fantasy postseason. Also, thanks to Ramesh K, who's very worried about my health after I missed the last two episodes. I am alive and well, Ramesh. Thank you, brother. Uh, fans, please go to our YouTube video like the video and leave a question for us for next week try rotowire free go to rotowire.com forward slash try milan is obviously a nets fan or blake griffin super fan um one of the two i i directed blake in the sixth he is owned i was gonna say he is owned i took him in the sixth i'm not saying he should be owned um, obviously the Nets have, you know, as high of upside as any other team in the playoffs, but, uh, he's, he's saying without a game dropped, I mean, you don't think they're going to lose a single game this postseason. I hope uh, myself is going to at least win one Tatum could have one 50 point game where Kyrie decides to worry about the, uh, spherical or non-spherical aspect of our globe. Giannis of a personal day. Giannis is going to average 40, 18 and nine <laughs> against the Nats. He's going to manhandle them. I am excited for that series. That is going to uh, be, it's gonna be awesome a good one. Uh, okay. Let's move on to uh, kind of an abbreviated version of the Friday TFS picks. There's one game today. Uh, it is Memphis at Golden State. Like we alluded to, Golden State's favored by five. Uh, that's at home, uh, over under 221. Pretty much everyone's expected to go. I think the only person on the injury list is like Sean McDermott uh, for the for the Grizzlies. So we're pretty much all set there. Uh, I mean, this is a game where you can expect all of the star players to play 40 minutes probably, um, assuming that uh, fouls are not an issue or anything like that. I think, I mean, uh, I'll kick this to you, Shannon. So I think a lot of people will have Steph Curry as their MVP, right? Kind of based on what we've seen uh, recently in the past two games. Who is the lowest salaried player that you would consider putting in at MVP if you were just going for like pure value? I, I I have a hard time imagining anybody goes past. I mean, maybe Wiggins. I mean, I it's it, it, you know Jaron Jackson. If you're feeling like you want to really, you know, if you're really trying to kind of Kirby the the roster percentage and sure. you want to go Jaron Jackson as MVP, I guess. Yeah, it's it's obviously it's a little bit different, you know, depending on which format you're playing. We we usually t- discuss Fanduel, so Fanduel's MVP format, it's you know, last night's winner looking at, looking at the Indiana Washington game last night's winner had Westbrook at MVP and Sabonis at star. Um, and it was Gafford at the, at the pro the 1.2 times, uh, slot that really made the difference. He was 12% owned total 2.8% owned in the pro 
I, I think we're probably going to see something similar tonight where you have Curry and Valanchunas kind of as those top two options. So star and MV, the MVP and star, you can flip flop them whichever way you want. I think both are good for, you know, 40 plus fantasy points tonight. Um, and then whatever their multiplier will be. Now you've got Jaron Jackson, John Morant, uh, Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks, Andrew Wiggins, all these other options that could could fill in. I I am having a hard time going off of Curry or Valanciunas for MVP, though. I think you make the difference by, you know, having an unexpected pro. You know, John Morant would probably be the the most likely pro option, uh, most heavily owned. So maybe you throw Jaron Jackson in there or, uh, you know, Wiggins, like you mentioned, Darren, Dylan Brooks, and then have another low-owned player in the util spot. You know, you have Jordan Poole is a good option. Um, Desmond Bain is going to get minutes. I don't know that he should, but he's probably going to get minutes and, and maybe like he has him. a better game than, than expected. You know, D'Anthony Melton is always popular for those kind of picks because he has that 35 fancy point upside, but he's hit or miss. He's like 30 fancy points one night, nine the next. Um, so it'll be, it'll be tough. But, uh, you know, I currently, I currently have Jaron Jackson in that pro spot um, where that's where I think we might see, see some fluctuation and see where you, where you can really, you know, separate yourself from the pack. And if you play on DraftKings, it's a little bit different, right? Yeah, so, Gafford. Gafford was the, uh, you know, what do what do they call it? The, the MVP or you the know captain. The, the the captain? It was Gafford last night that you needed in that captain spot to win. Um, and the there's salary multipliers for the captain spot, so it's a lot harder to build a team when you have Curry or Valanciunas in that captain spot. Um, so I mean, similar like if I'm going on. On DraftKings tonight, Jaron Jackson actually is a pretty good, decent captain given his salary. Um, Baysmore, um, Jordan Poole is a guy who's been playing really well um, for the Warriors. He's playing about 25 minutes per game. You know, he's he had a monster 55-point fantasy game uh, in one of their final games of the regular season. Um, but even, even in the play-in, you know, he played 25 minutes. So it's, I, I can see a scenario where Morant tries, right or wrong, to go toe-for-toe toe with Curry uh, in some sort of point guard shoot-off. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, captain-wise would be a nice gamble for GPPs. I agree. Actually, the one thing about Morant is, you know, in FanDuel, we'll go back to fan, FanDuel for the MVP thing, he's going to be a sneaky MVP play um, because I do expect most of the ownership to go towards Valentinus or Curry, where, you know, Morant... If he has one of his big 50, 60 fantasy point outings, which which he has those in him, um, then then he's he could be a great MVP option. Let's jump to tomorrow a little bit for a quick kind of preview of, of what could go down in DFS. Tomorrow, we have four games on Saturday. Starts off Miami at Milwaukee at, at I think... Is it 3 p.m. Eastern? 2 p.m. Eastern. Then it goes to uh, Dallas at the Clippers, 4.30. Boston at Brooklyn, 8 p.m. Portland at Denver, 10.30 p.m. Uh, Ken, I'm going to kick this to you quick. I have two questions for you. A, are you avoiding Giannis? And B, what is your initial feeling on Celtics players? Well, uh, Tatum will probably wildly be be wildly expensive as he's hoped to carry uh, Boston. So I kind of, from just a efficient salary usage standpoint, very curious about Kemba Walker. I mean, they've been resting him every back to back for the quote unquote playoff run that you know isn't happening, unfortunately. But uh, Kemba's supposed to be well rested. It's now or never. And he should be relatively cheap based on meager regular season. Uh, I hope my C's can steal one of these games from the Nets. I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, frankly, this area is turning to the Bruins. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> um, but uh, And then your first question about Giannis. I mean, I really expect you, uh, Alex, to have better Giannis advice. Miami plays great D. 
You know, I love Coach Boaster coming up with schemes to frustrate Giannis. They're going to go a little zone. I'm sure that, like, wall zone thing they play so he can't drive. And give him, you know, you'll see Bam give him 15 feet to take that three-pointer. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how much Coach Bud has adjusted from last year's playoff disaster. Um, I'm also, uh, you didn't ask me this, but very curious to see how far Jokic can maybe carry the Nuggets uh, with, frankly, a not-so-great uh, front court for the Blazers. So, Ken, I do have a question for you. Kemba Walker, was he good for the Celtics last season? <laughs> was he? He was healthier. Because okay. he had essentially the exact same season. I would actually argue, yeah, yeah I mean, the exact same season. Is your point at, they shouldn't have been resting him on the no, uh, back-to-backs? Or? No, I'm just letting you know. Like, he was, he's just as good this year. You know, when he when he played, he you know obviously he was on the shelf yeah. at the beginning of the season, but he's been so actually when you take in the fact, take into account that the the slow start that he had because he's coming back from injury, the second half of the season, he's been much much better for the Celtics than he was at any point last season. You know, and and even looking down the stretch with with Jalen Brown out. I mean, Kemba Walker's, uh, he's walking like 45 fantasy points over the last well, seven, that, seven And that's games. exactly why I'm recommending him. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. that's why of the Celtics, Walker's my go-to guy. Brown, they can't lean on Brown. He's not there. They desperately need his points. Smart hasn't been scoring well lately either. Uh, Fournier is a roller coaster who clearly, yes. without practice, has no idea how to play with his squad. So, yeah, Walker, to me, is the Celtic play in DFS. I like that call. I think, I think he'll be – I don't think he'll be rostered very highly. But he's, he's – he's, I mean, last, last playoffs he averaged basically 20 and 5. And I think he could average 25 and 5. There I mean, will be plenty of shots for him, I'll tell you that much. Plenty of and shots for him. be a semi-interested Kyrie Irving guarding him, you know, when they're up 15 the whole game. Yeah. Well, and this – I mean, from a pace perspective – I mean, the the over unders in these games will will be pretty high. I mean, the Nets are going to push a tempo, so should be some high over unders. I think Kemba's in a good spot. I think that was a good call. Uh, Shannon, does anything stick out to you? Uh, you know, in particular on this slate. I mean, uh, you don't have to go to this spot exactly, but Porzingis, when he was healthy last year against the Clippers, averaged almost thirty points a game in the three games that he did play. Yeah, I don't know if he's there this year, though. Um, at least not yet. Maybe maybe in a couple weeks if they somehow advance. Um, but for, I don't know, for tomorrow's, it's going to be tough. I, I, I do think, I like the Walker suggestion, looking at other point guards. Um, you're going to have a lot of high-priced point guard options on the Saturday slate. You're going to have Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, uh, Kyrie Irving. So a guy like Kemba Walker. Um, Drew Holiday, I'm probably going to be targeting those guys. Drew Holiday um, has averaged 43 fantasy points per game against the Heat this season in three games. Um, I think I think Drew Holiday is actually going to have a massive playoff run here um, because the you know really you know, those one of those three games against the Heat was a 50 point blowout and he only played 26 minutes and really the the Bucks have kind of held him back a little bit. He's only played 32 minutes per game this year. I think that's going to be, that's going to be boosted during the playoffs. He's going to be out there for 35, 36 minutes per, you know, assuming it's a tight game uh, and he's going to have a massive postseason. Um, I really look at all three of the Bucks stars to have massive postseasons. Um, so I like that a lot. If you're going a little bit looking for a discount uh, for tomorrow's slate at guard Compazzo, um, is one of the guys who I'd be targeting. I, I draft him in our in our postseason draft. You know, with Jamal Murray out, Capazzo's been pretty good. Um, and my guess is he'll probably from three two. Yeah, my my guess is he's going to be, you know, probably in that six thousand dollar range. Um, we'll see. Again, the salaries haven't come out yet, but uh, he's been really good. I mean, just looking at the past couple weeks. Uh, past seven games, 31 minutes per and 30 fantasy points. Um, and there's some of those, you know, he has some games where they didn't need them. They were blowouts. Uh, it was, they were, they needed to rest their starters, but I like Compazzo. I like Michael Porter jr. Um, these guys have really stepped up for Denver, you know, in the absence of Murray and Barton and some of the other injured players. 
Well, let's uh, let's wrap this section of the podcast up, and we will kick it to Ken's old man rant. Ah, the middle sucks. The middle kid doesn't get any attention or leadership roles. They're an afterthought. Being a middle kid in the NBA is worse. You're stuck around 500 with no chance to win now and no chance at a good lottery pick. This is particularly true for San Antonio, Washington, Chicago, and Sacramento. How does Sacramento not make a trade deadline move earlier this season? They were going nowhere. Well, they were holding out hope to make this stupid play-in tournament. Trade for the future. What is your future, Sacramento? Harrison Barnes? The middle is pointless, and so is the play-in tourney, which is just a wee little band-aid for these doomed middle squads. Drew Holiday is a middle middle kid. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. The more you know. You know, know, I'll confess. I thought, I just assumed he was oldest because he's the best of the three. (laughs) Justin, Justin Holiday is deceptively old. Uh, Justin, uh, he's, only, he's like, only one year older. He's only one year older than okay. uh, even still. It feels like he's like actually they're they're like Irish brother, Irish twins. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. You don't know? Oh, what that's, oh I do. Yeah. I got Irish. I got some. I, my whole family tree's littered with Irish twins. That means when you're just <laughs> banging kids out, and the whole idea of birth controls against your religion. It's the the mother gets <laughs> pregnant before the other kids oh. even born. I don't know how women. Honestly, I don't know how Irish women do it. Good Lord. My grandma. Good Lord. Oh, jeez. Off the rails. Get us back, Alex. Uh, I don't think we have any mispronounced names other than our fan who uh, graciously wrote into us uh, his last name or, or uh, Stubjanin. Yeah. I don't think, I don't on, think I'm pronouncing it right. Let us know the comments this week if we got that wrong or not. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that will wrap it up for us, everybody. Thank you uh, for tuning in to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by WinBet. Ken, take us out of here. We're going to go to Golden State. This quote was said about two years ago, so I'm going to update it, uh, where uh, reporters asked Clay Thompson if he thought the Hawks reminded him of the champion uh, of the Golden State Warriors. Clay said, maybe like nine years ago, attention passengers, this three car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.